Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am the Alpha, Chris Long Gino, coming to you from a beautiful Greenville, South Carolina, my home sweet home. Love it here, and uh, hope you hope you guys all uh, have a shot to come visit one day. It'd be nice. Um, awesome, awesome podcast on deck for you today. Uh, first off, the Dallas Holiday Classic champion, one of the all-time greats, future Hall of Famer himself. Ryan McCook, the gambler, uh, on a what was a pretty big day, his first tournament win in over a decade, and uh, still competitive with some of the best in the world, um, without a doubt, one of the five to ten best players going today. He uh, he joined me and uh, just talked a little bit about how he found the game and uh, where he was and how he got here. I also, uh, then later on this podcast, a little treat, as we've uh, come to see on the world of social media, Steve Sobel, who's always wanted to be on a podcast, I guess, and he, uh, I got him and uh, Russell Layton together, uh, alongside, everybody knows my good friend Shane Marks, but uh, Russell Layton, Steve Sobel, uh, joined me for a little bit, and uh, we talked a little bit about their history and uh, where we're going. Uh, as I always try to tell you, this is a amateur podcast performed by amateurs. Um, so there are moments of uh, where I had to edit through. And when I was recording my first ever live podcast, uh, one, the audio wasn't great. The ceilings were high. And if anybody knows audio, you know, there's a lot of room to fill. And, you know, when you're trying to capture all that, you tend to maybe capture a little bit more of the room than you want. And so the audio is not great. The content is good. Really good, actually. And we uh, we sat down and talked for probably about an hour, and I was able to pull about maybe 30 minutes of it uh, due to some difficulties, I guess, on my part. Once again, amateur podcast ran by amateurs. Um, but these are uh, two guys that put a lot of work in to service our community. And they've uh, it, it takes a lot of commitment to travel all these places. Russ um, has to take probably five weeks of vacation of his regular job uh, in a given year to travel with a bunch of Golden Team machines. And so typically he'll leave on a, before going to a tournament outside of, you know, obviously their home game in St. Louis. They, uh, you know, he'll leave probably Wednesday, maybe even sometimes Tuesday. And uh, especially if he's got to go to Florida or something like that. And um, he has to travel with the machine. So he has to take all that time off to load up machines. Yeah, they make money and that, and that's fine. But, you know, it's still, you know, time off that they have to take from their normal jobs to come do this. And uh, probably leaves a lot less time for some nice home life or whatever they choose to enjoy. So they, um, but yeah, with Russ. It's basically almost a Wednesday to Tuesday job for him uh, to lo- to get the machines from where they are to where they're going, unload them, do the job, do the tournament, come back to where he's at. So the uh, they provide this wonderful service, Steve, probably in somewhere in the neighborhood, maybe just a little less because he doesn't drive with the truck, but he does travel to Thursday to Monday, uh, takes some vacation time. Uh, it's a big commitment they've made to us, and uh, I'm always appreciative. This podcast... Um, had a lot of truth moments and them being very upfront about maybe some mistakes they've made or, you know, some people that just, they hoped that would be trustworthy and they turned out not to be. And it's all a part of this business that they have where they have to rely on a lot of other people to make their model work. And when one of those people dropped the ball per se, it, uh, it hurts them. So, um, great podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this. That's uh, I got Ryan McCook and then two-thirds of the Power Events team, Russ Layton, Steve Sobel. But first, here's Ryan. All right, fresh off his win just about five or six days ago in Keller, Texas, the Dallas Holiday Classic. First win in over a decade, and I'm happy to have him here tonight. An old friend. Ryan McCook, how you doing, bud? Good man. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic, man. And uh, 
I say that over a decade because it's hard to believe it's been that long. I mean, since you were at, I guess, was it Mugshots you won uh, that Florida Open at? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <clears throat> Before they changed uh, locations. So I don't know if they changed in between there when I wasn't playing. But... Yeah. What, uh... Can you imagine we've been playing video golf for this long? <sighs> I, I try not to think about it too much. Um but, you know, I, I, I speak of it a little bit more fondness these days than uh, when I was younger, when I was just trying to make it work along with my life, which, you know, my life really wasn't working much at the time. But, um, you know, it's, it's such a different animal now. Um, you know, so many different people. I, when, it, when did it first come find you? I mean, I, you came along. I remember my first interaction with you, I think, was in Memphis uh, when we were at the FedEx Forum. Were you there? Good, man. Yeah, I remember that went with my buddy uh, Chuck E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, uh, he came up with me. We flew up to uh, we flew into Jackson and then drove up to uh, Memphis. Uh, but uh, where did where did all Golden Tee start for you? I mean, where, where was it kind of a thing for you? So we used to play four back in the day at the alehouses in Florida. Um, there was <clears throat> we had three machines, you know, kind of like it is now. Before I knew anything about Golden Tee. We had uh, three machines with like a 12 top table, two pool tables, and everybody went there after happy hour. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, just started drinking and playing golden tea and had some dinner and the rest was history. We played like a modified kind of little one to five game. There was eight to, let's say, 16 guys that would randomly come up different different days of the week. So I've always, that's how I kind of got into it. I always ask typically, like, I mean – for me, I, for what vagueness I can remember, just really starting to pick up golden tea, how natural I think it felt to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of a hand-eye coordination kind of guy, you know, bigger fellow, but I played hella first base really good. Uh, so I always felt like golden tea kind of came natural. Did it feel like a little bit of a almost, you know, maybe a natural? Yeah, it's, one of, those, it's one of those random things where I actually played even back in like high school and this is, this is I'm so old uh this was back in like the mid 90s we used to like <clears throat> race down to like one of the beach uh places after school and there was a barbecue joint and they had a little bar and they had a golden tea in there and we'd go in there and get like snacks or whatever after school yeah um you know so does that kind of thing and we, it was like the original golden tea and um <clears throat> It was just something I've always played golf, you know, real golf my whole life. So yeah. it just was something I was always into. And all the guys I used to play with when I got older were all, you know, golfers too. So, yeah. Was, uh, first off, what's your outdoor handy right now? Uh, what, are you, what are you hitting right now? Oh, I mean, I'm at least a 12 or 14. So, oh, really? 12 or 14 handicap, huh? Sure. That, yeah. I don't whatever, 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 whatever you need, man. Okay, all right. Because I mean, that 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 would that would imply that you, uh, Andy Haas, would be spotting you what uh what eight strokes right there. Yeah, Andy Andy Haas can give me all the strokes he wants. Oh, 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 damn. Um, let's. Um, I, I guess we could be kind of transparent about this. That uh, you know, especially in the early years, oh seven ish, it it wasn't hard to find really good monetary value when it came to golden tea, right? Yeah, for sure. Like it was, uh, I remember the first time, so I found Underdog. And when I found Underdog, I reached out, put up a post, like, hey, is anybody in, you know, Florida like play, you know, for money or whatever? And uh, I remember Tobin Carter and maybe Rob Haltry came up for like a Saturday or something. And they came up to the little bar I used to play. I was next door to a B dubs. And, um, you know, we played for a little while, then he ended up going back home. But, uh, uh, you know, underdog back in the day was a lot of fun because it was like kind of almost everybody's first experience with, you know, a message forum and, uh, it was very active and we knew each other. And, you know, the first tournament I went to was like a world's qualifier in Atlanta at, um, what was it? Mazzy's or something like that. I, okay. I, I didn't realize you were there. Okay. I, 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 yeah, that, that, was, is, that is our first interaction with one another then, sir. Yeah, so I remember the, the first time I, I went up with a couple buddies and we went up, I played in the Golden Tee Tournament and they went up going to like a concert or something. And I think we were there for like three days. And I, the only thing I remember was I played like a one to five game with Mike Demko and he had like five grand on his player account. And I was just like, how in the world is that possible? Like, I, you know, I had no idea. I mean, I had, you know, 50 or 60 bucks or something in there. And, yeah. Um, 
you know, that's, that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was Jacksonville, right? I mean, in those days. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Jacksonville. That's, we, we drove yeah. up to, it was in Atlanta, where, whatever that tournament was. It was like, like I said, it was some kind of world's qualifier. I actually played okay. Like I missed the, the cutoff or whatever it was, but yeah, but I mean, uh, that's where I, that was. What I was getting at is you were you were based in Jacksonville when you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. When so you lived, when you first yeah, started, I lived banging. in Jacksonville until about 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Golden Tee was kind of a big for you now. Late two thousands, we don't have a huge tournament scene going. I mean, we have several that we go to. I think we both attended. Uh, Jason Kendrick's first Indianapolis Indy Open in 2007. Yep. Um, when Chad Trump fell off a bar stool or something. Yeah, he, I think it was an actual jump from it too. <laughs> um, and uh, it was also one of uh, maybe two uh, what we were calling executive pajama parties. Do you remember some of those? Of course. Oh yeah, tell us about why, some of why, those. Why wouldn't you want to wear pajamas in a bar? It's uh, I, I'm I'm honestly stunned we haven't done it since. Well, I mean, I you know somebody had mentioned we we're going to do a toga party in uh, Dallas. That would that would be fun. I feel like. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Golden Tee players tend to hate clothes after drinks. I mean, it's just I imagine toga's a nice chance. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, you also hold a kind of a. A distinction I hold a little bit, and maybe I, I won mine with a little bit less uh, di difficulty than you did. But you're also, a, if I remember correctly, you're a you're a Team USA guy. You were you were on the, I think the final team, weren't you? Yeah. So that was uh, 08. Yeah, 08. We had the, uh, the Hilton with the uh, <clears throat> God, what was there like three or four hundred people in that <clears throat> qualifier or whatever. Uh, I, I believe, I believe, including the twelve. I mean, I'm sorry, the twenty-four of you that had already qualified. Okay, because there was twelve USA, twelve international yep. guys, uh, yep. including all you guys. I believe there were three fifty. Yeah, they were, they were like in a ballroom at the Hilton. I remember that. Where we might be going back again. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, just you, you, tell us, tell me about your experience that year with uh, with the team competition. So that was a lot of fun. So we uh, remember I qualified in Atlanta, went with, with uh, Chris Couch, who was the the PGA Tour golfer. That's he and I were friends. He lived in Jacksonville. Um, and Tim Baker was up there. So we all we all went up to Atlanta for the uh, Team USA tournament, the qualifier. And I qualified with uh, Litz and Andy. Um, I just remember me and Litz holding Annie in a blanket, like a USA blanket, American flag, <laughs> and we were we we were literally holding him like a like a baby. Yeah. There was a great picture that I can't find anymore, but um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. We went to Vegas. We had the Team USA um, tournament. We had the big qualifier. Well, right, that was a year. Yeah, yep. let me let me stop you right there because you get back to that qualifier, but how you got there? Because I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, because you you were the third guy, all right. I qualified with Andy Haas. He was the top qualifier. Litz was second. You were number three, but it, Tim Baker had I think to shoot a plus twelve on Moose Landing in order for you to get that number three. Do you remember that at all? I do not. Oh, uh, you don't. All right. Yeah. No. I, I, swear, I swear, some of these Golden Tee players, you guys can't remember anything anymore. Tim Baker had to shoot a plus twelve. I don't. I don't uh, no, 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 minus twelve, minus twelve, minus twelve. Oh, it was a yeah. minus. You know, it was a minus 12 on Moose Landing. My friend requested him on Facebook the other day, and uh, I don't know if he's on Facebook or not. But yeah. <laughs> uh, So back to – yeah, so you uh, your team competition – so you're at the Las Vegas Hilton team competition, USA. Yeah, so we uh, we qualified, and then whoever, I guess, after, what was it, 64-man or something like that, they took into uh, for the bracket play. It was single elimination. And I think that's when they had uh, on um, the mic or whatever, and they were interviewing him, and – I think I played him either the first round or the second round, and I beat him because back then <clears throat> I had like the long driver. That's I think we called it the three ten driver, the three twenty driver, or whatever yeah, it was. Three twenty. Yep. And then uh, like number nine was that hole that's like the island hole on a like summit. That was the course we played, and he was playing the 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 shorter driver, and he couldn't get there. Um, and that was the only difference in our match. And. Uh -huh. I forget who I played after that. All I remember is it was like three o'clock in the morning, Vegas time, and uh, I played Ramsey Thomas on Bayou, which was which was his his course. Um, and we talked a lot about Tangeray. 
that was uh, that that was uh, <clears throat> the extent of that match. Now I was I just got smoked or something, but I think I finished fifth or eighth or something like that. That was uh, I, at the time had to be your best finish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd won a couple of small tournaments, like the Frozen Open, oh. one club lucky thing with uh you know when they still let you do the passes or whatever because we, we don't have we don't have club lucky machines where i was at yeah um kind of in the uh route of 2010 going into 2011 uh where you got your florida open win um just amongst your peers i mean you've always felt like you're as good as all of them right yeah, I feel like uh, back then, obviously, I did. Uh, I mean, obviously, I took a break for you know maybe six, seven, eight years or whatever. I was on the road working a lot up in Northern Virginia and walked into uh, Kevin O'Connor's bar and I saw you know three golden tees lined up and <clears throat> decided to start playing again. And I found out <clears throat> I went down to uh, meet Chris Brewer for the first time, and learned about stouts, and <clears throat> after that, uh. We're gonna to get to that. No, trust me. I, I got a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I know all about that meeting. It's kind of changed a lot of people's lives, uh, right? But the uh, can you can you kind of because the tour was just kind of, so kind of new at the time. Yeah. So back then, I mean, what I mean, what was the attendance? I mean, there was like, I mean, there wasn't even a hundred people there. No, I think it was like sixty or seventy. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say. I would say exactly that. And. Yeah. I remember the Florida Open. Andy Fox bought me in the Calcutta for four hundred dollars, and he came up to me and he was like, "Ryan, Andy's kind of funny." And he's like, "Ryan, you know, four hundred dollars is a lot of money to me." And I was like, "I know, Andy." <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna play my best." He's like, "All right, I really hope you, you know you you play strong and you know, keep your head on your shoulders, kind of thing." And um, I ended up winning, and he came up after, and he was like, "Ryan, you did a great job." <laughs> <laughs> then, then mouth and i went to like the hard rock or something in tampa and gambled for a day or two or something i don't even remember after that but uh the you you win that tournament who who was the second place guy do you remember kensler kensler yeah i think it was kensler i think uh i think i was king of the hill and then he had to beat me twice and i remember missing a chip on laurel 18 the part drivable par five that I went for, and I was on, like, the path or something, and I barely missed it, and then I think he made it. I think we were tied or something. Anyway, he beat me the first one, and I think we ran it back, or maybe Alpine or something, and I beat him on that one. I, you know, it's been ten year, over 10 years now since uh, when you won Florida and then when you just won this. Can you differentiate between the two? I mean, what's the different feelings between the both? It's been a while. I know that, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it felt great. I mean, I knew I was, you know, good enough to win, but it's just, it's totally different now. Like it's so, it's so much more difficult. There's so many more people to play, you know, stouts have changed, you know, people can argue either way, but I mean, I think stouts are kind of better just because it gets more people interested. Yeah. You know, I still think that the top guys are still going to be the top guys, no matter what. I think everybody thinks that. Yeah. Um, but you know, like weekly play is definitely harder to make money now than it used to be. For sure. You have to be a lot more consistent. You know, right now it's just ready for some new uh, new courses or something else. So when you decide to get back into the game, all right, because you, you just said you, you ran into KOC Kevin O'Connor's bar, and that and you decided uh -huh. to play. What are you playing at the time? Are you playing with Grabber, or what are you doing? Uh, I think I actually asked him because it had been so long since I played. I think I I initially went with Grabbers, and I still played like streaks a little bit. And then I think I switched to maybe Barrage. Maybe they were like a little longer than Grabbers or something. Yeah. And that's when I think I was playing Barrage when I went down to meet uh, Brewer. And so you meet you you meet Chris Brewer. Are you in Are you in Myrtle Beach when you're doing this? Yes. So I was working down somewhere like south of Wilmington, and I was like, I may as well just make this a little you know night trip or whatever. I went down, spent the night there instead of up where I was and. Um, we went to his old bar. It's like clockers or something like that. Just normal, you know, kind of music venue. Yeah. We, we play golden tea all night. And, uh, I mean, you tell this, this great story. I, I hope you can quote it the way you did, but, uh, you know, this is where you kind of first learned about the stouts, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I've told you the story. I've told numerous people this story. And I was watching him play. Like, obviously, I still knew how to play, but I didn't have the consistency because I wasn't playing as much. Um, and I'm watching how he plays Golden Tee, and I'm like, this guy's really good, but, like, he doesn't know. He can't cut the ball. He can't chip. He can't, he can't do all these things. And I'm like, you know, you're not, not good unless you had these balls. And I was like, I don't understand. So like we, I didn't switch that night. I kept playing when I, when I was playing and I was like, it was just, it was crazy to me. Cause I, I, I was always taught, you know, we always learned to cut the ball against the wind. So like you play the slope and you kick it at the hole. Like that's, that's how you, that's how you learned how to, how to play golden tee. And this guy, and he was just thumbing everything or just like, he, he's, he doesn't really, he's not a very good thumb, but he like, he's very good at like slap, like the slap shot. Yeah. And he would just kind of push it off to the side or whatever. And he'd float something in there on like a left pin with no green to work with. And it would, well, that's just crazy like possible like it's just it's crazy it was crazy for me to watch him play because i grew up you know the old school kind of golden tee yeah and then i went, I went back home um and played i, I want to say almost a week and i was to the point where i wasn't going to switch to stouts i played let's say 100 games in a week with the stouts and i was just like i just i was like i kind of see how they work kind of see i don't i hate it i don't like the way they cut because i was overcutting everything you know on like the normal little half and half cut shots because mm-hmm. there was no win and i was like let's play one more cycle and we'll just kind of get one more shot and then like you know i shot threw up like a three or four better or something crazy and i was like well now i get it like i i find i just i was like i just have to slow my cuts down and everything and you know, once I learned that, it was, you know, obviously a lot easier. And um, The biggest thing, like, when I play dailies and stuff now, when I don't play stouts, it's crazy to me that chipping is, to me, the, the, the biggest thing. Like, the wind blows the ball so much when you chip. Yeah. Compared to, you know, I'm just not used to it. Like, it's, it's crazy, especially me. Like, the chush is one thing, but, like, just normal little, you know, a little sand shot or something from, you know, 10 yards or 5 yards or whatever. Like the wind blows it out of the hole, and like, yeah, you just don't even think about it now. Yeah, it's like you just you know shove it down the hole, and that's it. Oh, I, I see what these guys are doing with this. Basically, kind of a five. You taking maybe a five hybrid and maybe pulling back to the sea a little bit, and then hitting your chip and kind of just driving it home. Are you doing something similar to that? Yeah, I've always been a hook tripper. Like okay. that was. I used to go to Chicago a lot, spend time with Kinsler uh, during that frozen open years, and. Um, I don't know when I started doing that, but I've always been like a chipper and um, I've always hooked, even like left breaking chips, I still hook. That's what you uh, used to. Uh, well, I guess I'm just bringing it back a little bit with my seven iron and, you know, chipping and guessing. I what guess. we need to learn is the JoJo chip. That's what we need to learn. Oh, uh, the JoJo chip. What is the JoJo chip? The JoJo chip is he pulls it back like a, I think it's like between two and four clicks. So like if you literally watch the club head come back like one click, two click, three click, and then he fires it like hundred mile an hour thumb shot. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, but- it's, uh, it's something that it would it would eliminate all the nerves in like tournament play because like I always miss you know, everybody misses little chips they would never miss you know back at home in a tournament or in qualifying or something. Of course. But if you can thumb it straight and fire it. Like, like there's no there's no touch to it you can just you know it's, it makes it be a lot easier can we can we take a second and talk about how much more sophisticated south carolina people are compared to north carolina people we absolutely can yeah so it's 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 you know it's it's very similar but there 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 is a reason a very specific reason that north carolina is on top of south carolina geographically well Oh, okay. Uh, they just kind of they just kind of came up with that when they founded it. Like, you know, this is North Carolina. We're going to be. They, they knew we'd be. Ha- they knew we'd be having this conversation on a podcast. You know, however many years later. Yeah. And they're like, you know, what? we think North Carolina is going to be a little bit superior, and we're going to go ahead and put them up. Even though I love South Carolina. Oh, I, I love North Carolina. I love you. Yeah, I, I love you. But honestly, you know, North Carolina is first in flight and first in meth. I mean, it's really is too. Person math, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. South Carolina is a very close second, but I mean, <laughs> um, Ryan, they're, uh, they're both wonderful places to live. They are awesome, honestly. Uh, the upstate of South Carolina, I keep saying, it's the toast of South Carolina. Us in Charleston, Myrtle Beach, eh, eh. We, Charleston's we, great. Charleston's great. Columbia, 
I would I would love more if it had it was just a little bit cleaner, but I just you know there's parts of uh Columbia that are you know Columbia. Um yeah. What is Fuquay Verena? What I mean, what where the hell is that? I mean it's like, like a half hour below Raleigh, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm literally it's just a suburb of Raleigh. So I'm I'm 30 minutes probably door to door from my house to downtown. And like when I lived in Raleigh, I was 30 minutes downtown kind of thing because it's obviously a little bit longer, but there's no traffic. It's a main highway that just goes goes straight into it. Yeah. But yeah, we're like Cary, Apex, Holly Springs. That's all Fuquay. That's all like one little area. Awesome, man. Uh, well, uh, I have to say, first, uh, you probably got uh, more and more wins coming your way, but uh, it's good to see you back in this circle and a very, very, very healthy payday for you, too, on su- uh, Sunday. Congratulations on all your success, Ryan. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. It was a it was a fun tournament, and totally different tournament for me. I was a designated driver for the first time in my life. I uh, I didn't drink at all, so it was a, a totally different experience, and uh, it was actually uh, it was you know just nice to have a little bit of a difference. So I guess we have to, in order to duplicate this, I guess you and I will have to have dinner uh, again Friday night before the tournament. Sure. Uh, obviously, no alcohol. That was, a, that was a great restaurant. It was. It was. It was a fantastic restaurant. You know, I, I proceeded to watch you and Brewer wolf down about you know seven or eight appetizers, and then. Uh, you know, had how, how was your steak? Think, by the way, I think we had ten or twelve for the table. Only five of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you have steak? Didn't you and Bruce split a steak? Yeah, we we shared a steak and then uh, the crispy duck. But my Wait. my favorite part of that night, my favorite part of that night was he ordered appetizers and he's like, "I'll take the escargot." And the waiter's like, "Well, which one do you want? We have two of them." He's like, "Well, I want both of them." <laughs> Oh man, I know it's been a while since I've had uh, dinner with Brewer, and Brewer can throw him back, man. I thought it was. Oh, uh, dude, that 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 guy could eat, man. We were in St. Louis, and he went in and pre-ordered. There was I don't know, I don't know fifteen of us or something at dinner one night in St. Louis, and he's like, "I'll take two of every appetizer," and then he just you know paid cash for it or something up front, and then he bought two of every dessert for everybody to share. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, we had uh, I took him to world uh when we went to worlds this was uh 2017 or 2018 and uh i brought him to dinner with me this is the first time he'd actually been amongst you know all the tour tour guys and i sat him right next to mal and i i, I didn't know him all that well he was wearing sandals with de- at dinner which uh along with like like khakis he was wearing one of those some fluorescent sandals with it right and uh <laughs> everybody everybody's like ordering their dessert drink like some people will order maybe sambuca or whatever they like a brandy whatever they like with their dessert drink and chris right. brewer is ordering the classic two percent milk ice cold glass of milk ice cold glass of milk with his dessert ryan i appreciate you doing this podcast with me man and uh like i said world championships coming soon and i gotta believe you're gonna be one of the favorites for it man well i will be there bud and i will see you there i'm sure all right man i appreciate it All right, guys, let's take a break and talk about some of the tournaments coming up. You know, we have this great national Golden Tee Tour, and we all, a lot of people support this, but there's other tournaments out there um, that deserve some love. And uh, there's one in Sterling Heights, Michigan happening January 14th through the 15th, and it's being uh, put on by an incredible technology, former Incredible Technologies employer, Travis Tressler. And he's uh, he's going to be on my podcast next week to talk about that for a little bit. Um, and uh, it's good to see uh, Golden Tee to get back into the Motor City, the Motor City Open of 2003. That's the last time. And I'm sure there's been other smaller events. And um, so he'll be on the pod next week to promote that. Also, I think the first weekend in February, Spanky's the old snow cow up in Leesburg, Virginia. Northern Virginians, that you know, they have my heart. I, I spent a lot of years with those guys. And uh, they're going to have an awesome tournament, a great dynamic handicap system, too. Um, that's uh, ran by one of the great vendors of our country, uh, Jim Shebest. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great tournament up there. So I hope everybody, uh, if you're in those areas or choose to want to attend any of those areas, go ahead, man. There's, there's going to be great tournaments. So, But for now, here's Russ. Here's Steve. Let's continue the podcast. <laughs> All right, recording this Friday of the Dallas Holiday Classic. Happy to have my friend Shane Marks, one of the curators of this tournament, then and also two thirds 
of the team of power vending, two thirds of the team that runs our national golden tea tour, Russ Layton, Steve Silver. Do you guys have job titles? Like, I mean, do you ever, as, even as a joke, did you ever like, or are you just the president? I am not the president. You're not the president? No. Gary Calvano, however you say his name, he was forcing us at one time to list a president. And I said, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to tell you David Duncan is a president and you can <laughs> refer to him for any more questions. So um, we're all on our LLC. We're all, each of us are vice presidents. Oh, okay. Um, That's how we list ourselves. I had in my mind, it was like CEO, CFO, CTO or something like that. Well, I'd probably maybe be the CFO, but That's awesome. um, you know, I just worked there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, uh, this this kind of started with you though, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it was uh, when I met you, it was 07. We were in Indianapolis for Kendrick's tournament. And that was, I think, the way Matt kind of lets me know. You, I get, Were you managing somewhere in St. Louis at the time? Side pockets, yeah. Side pockets. And I mean, just, I mean, where did Golden Tea, how did it find you? I, it was, they, we had Golden Teas in the bar and I enjoyed playing. And I went to that tournament with Harlow. Yeah. And really, I mean, probably a few months after that, I said, Steve, let's do it. Yeah. So we bought 10 machines from Jason Kendrick. Yeah. And the rest is history. What did you know about Golden Tea at the time, Steve? Um, I played it with some friends in the bar just like casually. Um, it was back when the uh, trackball had the screws in front of the trackball. And I thought, man, this game hurts. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'd played and I didn't really have much skill in it. I saw some players would play. And of course, I went to side pockets and rest and saw the better players like Harlow and uh, Matt, Parker, Dan. You know, the, the yeah. probably the better St. Louis players at the time mm -hmm. uh, play. And right, like Russ said, he came to me and he's like, Hey, we start doing gold D tournaments. And I go, What does that mean? He said, well, We're going to buy a trailer, we're going to buy some machines. I've got commitment from, uh, I think it was Hefe, right? In Richmond to do one tournament. First year was just, we just did St. Louis the first year. Um, what the year application was that? was that? What year was that? 2009. 2009. Was the first year we did St. Louis. Uh, we brought the machines to the next indie tournament. Um, they approached us to that. Uh, Jason did. And uh, Jason treated us really well. Let's make that clear. I've said it before. Uh, we bought the machines and he let us make payments. Um, you know, we could have drove away and, you know, it was just this. Kind of... I can truly say we wouldn't be sitting at this table right now and having these tournaments without Jason Kendrick. He yeah. is the reason we exist. And I thank him for it a lot. Um, is he still around? Oh, yeah. Jason's he's a big vendor the, in Indianapolis. The largest yeah. vendor in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's big into darts now. He does do a gold tournament here and there. Um, but they try and do one a year. Whenever there's the tournament yeah. in Indy, that's his group of players and him. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did St. Louis. That was my first tournament ever. I had no idea how it worked. And that's when uh, the Calcutta was started. And I'm like, how can I call players out if I didn't know who they are? Mm -hmm. And Matt was standing there, and I handed him the mic. <laughs> said, go to town. So Matt was good at it because he knew the players and he knew who was supposed to get the higher bids and who wasn't. So to kind of like keep the Calcutta going, um, you know, it was my first influx to uh, when a player shoots uh, 24 under, the ball sucks. And when they shoot 30 under, the ball is perfect. And, uh, you know, I had to <laughs> I had a good uh, learning experience from that on how all that works. And uh, yeah, then we did Indy and then we, Went to Hefe. The next year we did, but that's when Tobin Carter, uh, Lee Chepin, I take credit for it, but it was Tobin Carter. <laughs> um, the Florida event. Then we did St. Louis. And then I think we did the NIV again. So, so the, the original. And then maybe, maybe we did, we might have done Dallas. That was Milo Butterfinger. Milo so Butterfinger, first, yeah. yeah we did, yeah, was Dallas. PGT. And that's when I kind of thought, uh, you know, if we're going to keep doing this and we have set expenses every year, we probably need to expand it to doing six and uh to get it involved and that was uh in the middle of all that was when they did the pcc mm -hmm. in uh splinters right yeah, the man was chicago yes yeah, yeah so gary said come on up and let's talk face to face we talked to him and i kind of gave him the uh the basis you know of our idea of the player of the year and uh it helped funding it kind of get uh people more um you know, into the tournaments and, uh, you know, where there's more of a commitment to them to come to more events, you know, that was the way to do it. And, you know, when we started, we were happy that we would get 50, 60, 70 players. That was a good number, you know? Yeah. It's amazing the way to see it is now. We did a few tournaments with what, 30? We did go, well, the last Denver tournament had 38. 
Um, I know a couple, one of the NIVs had 40 something, I think, but mm -hmm. the NIV was a different animal. I mean, even though it only had 40, uh, it still wasn't a money loser for us because, uh, you know, that was definitely the GT atmosphere where guys would come and, um, even though there was attraction to things to do outside of there and, you know, on that main street in Richmond, they still stayed in their plate gold tea the whole time. I don't think I went to the first one. I think you went. I don't think I went to the first one you did. I don't know. So, I know one. I know one of the early NIVs. I, the only thing that sticks in my mind is we had to. Well, first off, the first ten units that you bought were they were they cabinets or pedestals? Cabinets. Okay, cabinets. those are the original cabinets. So I attended the NIV in '09, and I guess you were the one would have been running that by that point, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think there was a couple years without one, yeah. right? And then it, we brought it back with Hefe, I feel like, but yes. maybe not. Maybe a year? Yeah. Was it two years or a year? It might have just been a year. I mean, I wasn't, I, that was my first NIV also. I didn't go to them before that. Yeah, there was no uh, YouTube or uh, instruction booklet on how to do it. You know, Russ just figured it out. You know, trying to get the old vaults out. Some, some of them were jammed in there and he'd have to sit there and pry them out. So we, when we first get the idea, twenty ten is I get our twenty ten is when you realize you want to expand to six, create a player of the year. Right. Uh, how many cities? How many places did you have on board when you? I mean, you only had Richmond, Florida, and I guess a Texas place, right? St. Louis or in St. Louis. Yeah, Richmond, Florida, St. Louis. How are you going to get the other two? Um, well, that was when uh, um, there was a player in Dallas that. Um, Pushed us towards the location there. Um, you know, I still don't think that we were, um, or at least I wasn't probably like knowledgeable of like where the player bases were around the country and that Texas was a huge spot to be in. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just another location. Um, and then, uh, you know, my vision was, uh, you know, Chicago was the home of Golden Tea. And, uh, well, what bigger tournament could we ever have that wasn't in Chicago? Like that was going to be the biggest tournament ever because it was home in Golden Tee. And uh, Gary um, had a connection to a, a bar there, and he's the one who got us the, the original location for the Chicago tournament uh, bar. So that's how we got that location. We drove up well, there on what March. Was that yeah, we, we drove up there and met with them. March 6, 2010. Okay. What was Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I only remember because when we were riding home, I was dead asleep, and that's my birthday. These two idiots woke me up. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's why I know the date. So yeah. So we went up there, like you know, we went up there, took the time, to, like to meet with the bar. Um, we actually met with the it was a, the vendor at the bar was like one of the, I think they're one of the biggest vendors in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like during that he actually came out and looked at the tournament when we had it, and it was like on Sunday, and I'm like, hey, have you checked out how your machines are doing? He looks at me and he goes, no. Like it didn't, that wasn't even a factor in them even yeah. consider like be even at a host location of the for the tournament. Time in 2010, he had told me, and I think Steve was standing there, they still had 55 gallon drums of quarters in their warehouse. You know, from the 80s from and Pac-Man. Being machines. a vendor of coin op. Oh Lord. The old vendors. Yeah. Yeah, I mean old school. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that was interesting. So, and then I guess the other one was Denver, right? Denver was the. Was Denver it, wasn't an initial. One. I don't think it was an initial one. No, I get wrong there. Florida, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, Dallas. Oh, that was into the year, right? Yeah, was it Denver? Rich, Richmond. Richmond was the Richmond. Fifth. Yeah, Richmond. I, I, Dallas. I, I, yeah. If I, if I look on your website correctly, I believe the first one, the uh, first year, has Denver on there. Does it? Okay. And, Maybe. So I, I had a connection with a player there, Chisholm. Uh, I knew him from pool. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, I, you know, I reached out to him. And he had done some Denver tournaments that were successful. Um, and uh, he came up with a – it was a tremendous location for us there. I mean, it was the, probably the biggest location we ever had. Yeah. Um, you could hit a nine iron into Coors Field. And, um, but it was, uh, you know, it kind of uh, – location kind of wore itself out just because back at then too the uber wasn't around the airport was very far uh denver is a city where it's not really drivable from other cities so that everybody who had to go to the tournament either had to live in denver which their player base wasn't huge or fly there and um when players pick and choose what tournaments they go to 
um, flying somewhere and, and having to be in a cab for 45 minutes to a location at that time wasn't something that most players wanted to do. You know, right. they, they would pick a different tournament. Given the state of kind of where we are today, I mean, is it easy to say that, I mean, if it was maybe a little bit successful back, back then, it could be it could be here today. It could have been. I mean, as far as location-wise, it was great, right? It was, it was the best one. Still, still I don't the think best. Had a bigger their, their money added wasn't the best. Um, uh, it really was. Uh, there was never like an exactness to it. Um, you know, we gave them a lot of business, but the bar was also very big. So I don't know if they quote needed the business. Maybe as some other bars do. It's, it it's was kind a of a rooftop bar across street from Coors Stadium that probably held a thousand people on a game day. Mm-hmm. We couldn't. I mean, relative to the needing of the business, I don't think we were what we are to a lot of places. So so they just weren't ready to say, well, we're going to give you you 3,500, 5,000 or more dollars to add to a tournament. It was, yeah, it wasn't in their best interest, right? Yeah. It just wasn't in their business model. So, yeah. um, And so I guess after that, I mean, that August tournament's always been kind of hard. Well, the August tournament was hard too, because, uh, you know, that's when the course updates would come out in uh, late September. So by August, uh, people were a little burnt out on the courses. Um, and then also, too, that's when school starts. So a lot of people's lives who have kids, um, you know, their life kind of like goes through a transitional period and their life goes and goes on hold until their kids are in school for a month. And then they go back to, you know, normalcy or whatever. And so that was probably part of it, too. Um, you know, now with us having Nashville so in um, in August, I think it's it's uh, there is an attraction more to that city than Denver. No offense, mm-hmm. so um, I think we're probably past that now. Yeah, I mean the the business this business that you're in yourself has offered, I, I guess, a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. a learning moments and a lot of times where you're having to trust people, you know, to come through for you. I've made a lot of mistakes, um, so uh, you, and it's also in trust. You know, you. You look at somebody, you deal with them, and then, uh, you know, you put too much faith in them. And uh, so that's, uh, you know, those are the mistakes that we've made. Um, some were mistakes in just picking a location by uh, a player telling us that this is the greatest location ever, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Or and some of them had financial hits on us that um, were not as pleasant. You know, we can move locations, but to recoup some of the money that we've lost by the mistakes that have made and that not a good situation for sure. Is there like, I mean, you want to point to a specific one you wish you could go back and do it again? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's known, it's known. Dallas 2011. Dallas 2011. Uh, we did one tournament. Uh, volcanoes? Volcanoes, yeah. I mean, the it player. had nothing to do with the location. It had nothing to do with location. It was the player. Um, yeah. We'll say his name. His name was Josh LaFontaine. He was a fun guy. Yeah. Came to tournaments, spent a lot of money in Calcutta. was gambling, a fun guy to be around. Now, real quick precursor. First, you had already been in business with him the year before, right? The year before, he did a tournament at Milo Butterfingers. He says, I want to do a tournament. I want to add 10000 Yeah. Me and Russ show up on Thursday or Wednesday. As soon as I walk in the door, he hands me $10,000 in cash. Yeah. I said, this is way it should be this is great had a great time the guy was a lot of fun you know i got to know him personally um you know thought we had a good relationship the next year tournament comes around uh there was uh, also kind of a charity aspect to the tournament that he wanted to do mm-hmm. um and when i started asking about the money because i started i started sensing it a little bit um probably more than a little bit i guess and uh uh you know, sort of sensing it and kept asking about, you know, how's the charity going to work and where's, you know, hey, can you just put the money up? And, oh, yeah, I'm getting to it. Uh, I got to have somebody uh, put a bank account together for this charity, some story. And uh, I said, okay, well, we're going to be there. And then we showed up the tournament. He never showed up. And we had advertised 10000 added. Um, this was 10 years ago. We were only in business. If you want to call it a business, some people don't. So, uh <laughs> you know, for two years or so. And, um, you know, we kind of decided that if we didn't add the 10,000, we were probably going to be done because our name was ruined. And uh, um, pretty much everything we made for two years, we put into that term. Yeah. So yeah. we put the 10,000 out and added a tournament and didn't say a word to anybody at the tournament. Nobody knew. People were asking, where's Josh? Where's Josh? And we just kind of would avoid the question. 
I mean, how hard was that weekend just to work? Probably no harder than any other weekend to work, but, um, it, you know, it didn't sit well, um, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I see you over there. I mean, you, you keep a lot of focus yeah, into what you're doing. The guy's you know? disappeared. I mean, the guy had a legitimate business where he uh, ran uh, dental offices. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I looked into him. And he seemed right. I mean. Uh, What's 2022 going to look like? I mean, we're I'm, right. I'm taking it off. You're taking it off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're obviously. It's a good time to talk about that. Well, no, I mean, 2021 coming off what probably is the most successful year you guys have had. We can safely oh, say that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. should we be like Peyton Manning and just, we're just done. I right, just go out on top. Yeah. No, no, I mean, <laughs> a little Michael Strahan, just, you know, we're, we've, we've done what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. Uh, I don't know. But just talk a little bit about what, what 20, no, we're not 20. done yet. Uh, um, 2022, um, you know, you know, I think we've got a, a good schedule. Um, I don't mind the Florida in April, you know, almost to May, um, you know, it was to be, uh, you know, second year of Nashville. So that, um, location should be more in tune with a gold determined is, um, you know, in the world today with COVID and trying to get people to work, you know, that was one of the concerns that that bar owner had. Um, the bar owner here has, you know, people have, you know, um, you know, we're looking at a different location for St. Louis, but we still can go back to the golf course. Um, that wasn't perfect because of, you know, having to carry machines upstairs. And then also, um, you know, unfortunate that, uh, you know, one of the players fell down the stairs. That's not a good situation to, to put people in. So we we're trying to get away from that. I mean, it did work. I don't think anybody was really complaining about the location, um, but, uh, so we have we have our eyes on a, another location. Um, Cybergs, right? No, Cybergs is done. Whoa! Um, yeah, no, wasn't aware. Yeah, so well, that the manager that um, I had a connection to doesn't work for that corporation anymore, and I don't think that we can get in there. Um, okay. Uh, you know, they they've taken a big. They're on across the river from us, which is a different. You know, us being we're in St. Louis. Uh, you know, their their business hasn't been so great because of COVID, because of forced shutdowns and stuff. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, it'll be the second year for the Clash as an official PG event. You know, um, so that will be good too. I mean, uh, you know, they had done two tournaments before, but you know, they now they've seen our tournament, you know, in uh, full context, and uh, so that's that's They're great. To take over one of the units next door for more room. That's the yeah, that's the future. It's the future, we're, right? We're, we're, we're going to get them there. We're going to get them uh, there. You know, and I haven't talked to the owner here, but, uh, you know, here in Dallas, but. Uh, What's well, been know, your impression of him since you, you know, since you've been here so far? I mean. The guy's been great. Yeah. Uh, very accommodating. You know, uh, you know, the initial setup when we first got there, uh, you know, had the machines and um, he's put some tables in between the machines, the rows machines. And I just kind of made a comment like, hey, I probably shouldn't have any tables in there. It's kind of tight. He's like, well, the guys want the tables. And I go, well, it's going to be kind of tight when we get. 200 people in here. He goes, well, we'll just move these machines back. And I go, what about your pool tables? And he goes, I don't care about them. So he, he, I mean, he actually went over there and was dragging machines, moving them. Um, you know, the guy's been very accommodating. You know, uh, me and Shane had an initial phone call with him, a three-way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big leap of faith for any bartender or bar owner to say, I'm going to give you $10,000 for a tournament just on the words of one player, Shane, walking in his <laughs> right. door. And the guy has one gold team machine that doesn't do any business. You know, he has a machine in there. He says that his vendor really isn't into golden tea, um, that they put a machine in because some players asked for it and then never played it. So the machine's still just kind of sitting there. Um, but so he, he doesn't really know. He doesn't even have three golden tea players to put his mind into this is what a gold tea player on a on a Wednesday night in my bar spends. So what do you what do you see? What do you want more out of gold tea tournaments, Chris? Oh, what do I want more out of? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you money guys, added. Well, money added is always nice. Here's the thing. I, only thing I I would really like to, and it, the only thing you could do is really experiment with it. But I'd like you know maybe to try some different formats. I mean, I know we have this thing down to a science, and we have this great, but and understandably so. I, this has become so routine for these guys. We're dealing in the world of people and alcohol. Right, so things need to be a little bit more nature to them. I get all that. 
But, you know, maybe there's some times to maybe try maybe a different format or two. That's a thought. But, you know, I don't know what's out there. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I feel like it would be something we'd want to do if there was a location that was having trouble. I, I just don't feel like we're yeah. slowing down. That's yeah, the hard part. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Which no, one do you pick? And then the guy, if we do it in at the Carolina Clash, we move to something different like a yeah. Rodeo Fuego and, and, scoring system, and then they'll feel cheated because yeah. they didn't get the regular turn. I don't know. Yeah. I had, I had come up with this idea at home where basically we have like a World Cup style uh, thing, where it's basically we, if you have 64 qualifiers, you put them in groups of uh, four, and then they play on one machine, each other, at least winner, one match. Winner comes out. Win, winner Robin, comes Robin, out. Robin type deal. Yeah. Tie is uh, 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 like one point, win, the yeah. win is two or something. Yeah. And then uh, that's zero, break it down 16, let the top two of each group move on. That's your main. And then uh, the other thing. I mean, a lot of things that we do is just based on like 55 days of golf. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, just, a lot of what we do is just based on time. You know, I know. You know Chris Brewer, you know, I appreciate like guys like that that give deep thought and want to do things and give us suggestions to make it better. But a lot of it's just time, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the weekend isn't that long. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, there's things. Parts of the weekend that I don't think we can uh, cut out, such as like, you know, we like the player auction, but a lot of people like it. So a lot of things are, you know, a lot of things we do are kind of based on that. So, you know, we had to get everybody signed up and in there and going and before we can even start that. So to say that we're going to do like, uh, you know, well, your time slot is going to be you show up at 11 and qualify from 11 to 2 and be done for the day. You know, that doesn't work because... We wouldn't have everybody there for the player auction. And sometimes we don't know who's going to be there until their time slot's there or who's not there. Um, you know, I two, uh, you know, uh, upper tier players back out late this tournament. You know, nothing against them doing that. But that's why we can't do an online term, Calcutta, uh, because, uh, you know, a lot of the bidding on an, on an online Calcutta, more so I think people are looking at what the total price pool is and what the payouts are when they're bidding. Um, you know, maybe not so much in the live setting. People aren't really like doing the math and figuring out. Oh well, um, you know, if if I if I buy Evan guy <coughs> for fifteen hundred dollars, what places need to get me to break even? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like they get in the moment of it. Where an online Calcutta, it's a little different situation where they're probably looking at that more. So if you take players out, um, you know, and things happen, you know, uh, you know. Some you know you have somebody uh, has a death in their family. Maybe it's one of the top five players. That's a lot of money out of the yeah. online Calcutta that they you know if they decide not to come to a tournament. Uh, so, I mean, back, back on my original idea, I think I my original idea had a three course qualifier and then the World Cup. Started. I think we've discussed, but we don't have. Unfortunately, we don't have a solid location of size in our own city. Yeah, we could do something like that as a seventh tournament that wasn't necessarily part of the tour. Yeah. But we don't have the space at home. Yeah, That's the hardest part. It's we not, never consider the powercade for a tournament. Just because there's no there's no bar sales. We have, uh, right? we have tournaments there three or four times a year, and I think we'll have fifty ish people show up for a little handicap thing. But yeah, the added money is a big deal. It's I mean, got to be in the summer. It's, your, it's coming out of your pocket. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, that's why we don't do banquet centers because. Their their business model is you pay for the space. Yeah, right. They're not going to pay you to use their space. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. Uh, you know, and like Chris said, probably when didn't get recorded, but like it's it's hard to find locations that are big enough to hold us, but also aren't busy enough that they don't need us. Um, right. You know, me and Russ walked into a bar in St. Louis, and Russ turned to the manager and goes, "You don't need us." Yeah. I mean, it, it. You know, even though they're huge, because if that's their business. You know, you're not going to take away all that business to have us come in for the weekend. Yeah. Do the um, same sales, right? You do the yeah. same sales, you know, and and upset all their regulars. So, uh, you know, it, it is harder. You know, the pool rooms seem to work well because they have a lot of big space as long as they're willing to move some tables around or, um, you know, and uh, big acceptance of golden tea. But mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's that seems to work well. But, you know, you know locations are not easy to find for that yeah. but and then you know and this is the time of the tournament and also you know it's our time too you know um you know it's it's a long weekend for us too and yeah. uh you know so to have us being the bar even longer it's it's hard to do 
other idea I had, or two ideas. Uh-oh. Uh, no, uh, one is... Hey, you know, if you buy in the power events... Oh, I, I never said I was going to buy your company, but minority owner, I like the sound of that. Okay, then... We're going to sell, I'll sell some of my shares for yes. sure. <laughs> then, you, you know, your ideas would hold a lot more weight, but go ahead. I know, I'm just an idea guy, that's all I am. I, 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 I do have one other request whenever this gets posted to wherever you post it. Mm -hmm. um, sorry that I don't know. I want someone to count how many times he says you know and give me the over under <laughs> i bet it's at least 200. oh it's well, funny because it's true that. i had an idea where yeah. basically we we award points to the players on tour based on money added encourage the bar owners to basically add more money to get more points the players will come more that was that was an idea that's interesting all right where if, if mr uh what's my guy how do you say his last name up in wisconsin i can't his uh Hone? Yeah, that's home. That home? Is Stephen? Home? Stephen. 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 We just call him Stephen. Stephen. We just call him Stephen. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, he puts up, what, 10? Yeah, right. Stephen. He puts up 10, so you have a layered points for uh, amount of points that you give out for that tournament. Or if this bar owner is putting up six, okay, well, if you want to encourage the players to come more, we'll put up a little bit more money, and then we'll give out more points to them that earn towards their end of the year. That's a thought. Or I've always been a fan of double points in the last year tournament. Double points for this tournament. Your biggest tournament? Or double the points. That's the other one. We've had lots of talks about changing yeah. the point system, but it just hasn't ever happened. As IT says, it's on the list. No, I mean we just uh, IT no. has a pretty long list. I don't know about you guys. They talk about this list of you know stuff that they're going to do. I, I hear it all the time. That's on. Well, the I mean, list. we we can't even afford a whiteboard, so we're ahead of us. Now, but, uh, that that's interesting. Um, all right, yeah, I like that. The, the, the double points doesn't really interest me just from the get go, but the the points based on added money sort of does. Yeah. Um, I would be more interested in giving extra points after your third event or something. That would be more that yeah Tyson to us as a business model to get more people. Yeah. yeah. I I think if we did something like that, we would do it to where every tournament was points. I think the to me, the bonus always was, you know, if you go to more than four, then your lowest score drops off. So you, you know, you increase your points versus mm -hmm. everybody else based on that. Um, you know, the intention, you know, I made the top 32 one, yeah. um, but then, yeah, and just say the greatest shot points is the tiebreaker. So we don't have sudden death. You know, that would be an option, but um, yeah, there's, it's just, I don't see an easy way to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, we're about to be done with this quick pick for the weekend. This is getting posted Tuesday or Wednesday. So, I mean, this will age quite well if you're right. Pick the win. Which term my way picking uh, the pick win? It, pick, it, pick either. I pick mean, either? I, or pick both. I'm sorry. Pick both. Russ, while he's deciding. I'm going to pick for the regular tournament. and no, You're going to hear laughter from the background. but I'm going to pick Sean Turvey to win the regular Sean tournament. Turvey. <laughs> the, applause, the little laughter sign. Just Player of the year, I'm going to pick Haas. Player of the year, going to pick Haas. Yes. Wins number what? That'll be number three for him or two? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't count that stuff. Yeah. You only have one guy that's ever won both, double dip both. It's Denmark 2014. That was it. We had a guy take second in both. Yeah. I mean, Harlow. Yeah. Harlow took second in both. That's very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, what's that uh, poker player Dan whatever his name is oh uh, Dan Harrington he's a Dan yeah. Harrington of Golden Tee uh, well that would be my pick to win both tournaments would be JoJo um, I think if he came to more tournaments uh, he'd be more highly regarded as a tournament player mm -hmm. um, he doesn't drink so he has a big advantage I feel and he's a very good player he's competitive. So I'm, I'm gonna put him down for both tournaments. Hope he wins one. No, I'm right. Now you're not that I'm now, rooting for what, one would he be, would he be? Would he be a 12 game winner guy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many side games I ever seen. Maybe player. 14. Yeah, maybe 14. All right, Shane, your turn. Who do you pick? I am going to uh, go Texas here. Of course, I'm gonna pick uh, Jeff McClellan to win the tournament. Oh, I'm gonna pick. Did you see him last night? I did, but I think that he's gonna step okay. up his drinking game. Isn't he from Michigan? Yeah, he's a Michigan guy. Not, How's yeah, that going, Texas? Yeah. Well, for the for the for the player of the year, I'm gonna go Paul Luna. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was like, I just thought maybe he thought. Like, All right, Evan, your choices. Evan, who are you picking? What's that? Who are you picking to win the tournaments? I'm taking me and Joe. You and who? Me and Joe. Which you one you gonna win? I'll probably win. Uh, <laughs> top gun. Yeah. Top oh, gun. Top gun. Number two. Oh, he says again. Number two. Yeah, he said again. He gets number two. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ryan McCook for one. Joe Masera for the other. Picker each one two. Guys, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you. All right, thanks to Steve Sobel, Russ Layton, Ryan McCook for joining me for the podcast. I appreciate all the content and all the contributors that come on and uh, has made this first uh, seven months of this podcast really cool. And uh, we're going to dive into a whole lot more stuff in the next uh, into the next year um, for, to finish out this year. As I said earlier, uh, Travis Tressler uh, will be on to help promote his Michigan tournament, and then uh, Bernsey and Van Hoosier and I uh, will get back together and uh, we'll talk about the year. And uh, we got some nice stuff for that podcast as well. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and uh, a safe holiday. Um, I love every bit of this community, and uh, it's been a been a really awesome year. So uh, stick with me. I uh, got some good stuff coming to the next year. Um, also, at the beginning of the year, I'll be a uh, get back into mobile just a little bit more, uh, help them gain some more momentum heading towards their Chicago tournament in May. Um, something I know they're really excited about and, uh, I know they'll have a lot to offer with that. So, uh, thank you for listening. iHeartRadio, always my preferred listening platform. It is the world's largest network of podcast. And if you listen there, I always love it, but if you don't, Hey, that's cool too, man. You can listen to anywhere we get it. Uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, all that jive. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody has a good one.